Uh, I love that song. Okay, I think, I think uh, Ray Tabor is going to uh, come up here and share for one minute. That's what he told me. He said, one minute. So you get your clocks out, people, and begin to... <laughs> Thank you, brother. Yeah. Uh, inquiring minds want to know. And uh, <clears throat> everyone with a computer knows that I had surgery on my eye twice. <laughs> uh, last October, we did a cataract uh, lens replacement. Uh, the operation was successful, but the patient couldn't see. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> last Thursday, I had a cornea transplant where they replaced a part of the cornea. Uh, we went back on Friday morning and uh, the doctor looked at it. Uh, his first word uh, was perfect. Uh, the operation was totally successful. He had a range of five feet. He held up two fingers and I could make them out. He said, <clears throat> he told me that in about 10 days I would be able to read the big E on his uh, eye chart with no, uh, with no problem. I can see every one of you. In, in detail, that is just overwhelming. I, I thank the Lord. I thank you for your prayers. I have one slight regret. Rodney is no prettier. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing he said Rodney. He might not get the microphone next time if he, if he had messed up that name there. <laughs> the last Wednesday night of this month, that would be the 27th, we will be doing Springhouse Presents, which is the uh, uh, replacement, if you will, for Swag Factor, formerly known as SA's Got Talent. And uh, here's the deal. Uh, sometime in the next two weeks, let me know if you want to be involved. Uh, you do not have to worry. This year, no one will say anything ugly about you. And we're going to see if that's fun. And, but all you got to do is come and, 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 and do, you, do your talent. Uh, I do need to know by the 24th, which is two weeks from today. You say, well, what are we talking about? Sing, dance, magic tricks, tell jokes, read a story, whatever it is that you feel like, you know, bring your dog, bring your little dog, let him do some flips and stuff for us. Whatever it is that you feel like you've got a talent to do, hey, and then on the 27th, that night is going to be a fun night. So I, I, encourage, you to, I encourage you to be here. Speaking of talent... Two weeks from today, uh, on that afternoon, and then the following Monday night, uh, Lamplighters is going to be holding auditions for their next three plays. So if you're interested in being involved in Lamplighters sometime between now and the end of the year, from an acting standpoint, then you need to circle your calendar for those, those dates, the 24th and the 25th. 
So I believe what that is. And then also I have one other thing to make you aware of uh, that I, a few of you know, but I don't think many of you do. Uh, during the month of July, we're going to take Wednesday nights off. And for a lot of you, that's kind of like, so what's new? I am glad that you guys are with it today. I mean, that first service was, ooh, they just, no subtlety, nothing. They just, where was I? On Wednesday nights, yeah. But for those of you who are going, well, what are we supposed to do on Wednesday nights? How about this? You, you, one of two choices. Invite a sinner over to your house and hang out with them. Or you can hang out with your family. You know those people who live in the same house you live in? Yeah, one of those two things. I, I strongly encourage you to do one of those two things. Right? Today we're going to be talking about praying in the Spirit. Last week we, uh, uh, we talked about it from the standpoint of the Spirit helping us in our weakness, helping us when we don't know what to pray for, which is more often than not, quite frankly, uh, but helping us to be able to pray. This week we're going to approach it from a little bit different standpoint. We're going to read Jude chapter 21 and chapter 20. Good. Would you stand with me? We've only got two verses to read together, so pay attention. But you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit, staying right at the center of God's love keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our Master, Jesus Christ. This is the unending life, the real life. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in this place. I pray that you would come and quicken us and make us alive because without you, we're not alive. Without you, we're nothing, Lord God. So I pray that you would anoint the words that are spoken. I pray that you would anoint the ears that hear these words, including my own, and that they would just go straight into our hearts, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, give somebody a real hug before you sit down. I'm not talking about, don't tell me your life story. Don't find five people. One person, give them a real hug. And if there's nobody nearby you can give a hug to, just wrap your arms around yourself. In Exodus chapter 27 and in Leviticus chapter 24, there will be a quiz, so you need to pay attention. In Exodus chapter 27 and in Leviticus chapter 24, the priests were commanded to keep the lamps in the tent of meeting burning from evening until morning, and it says this was a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. In other words, it was never supposed to be dark in there. And they were supposed to, to tend those lamps every day, see to it that they had oil, see to it that the, uh, the, that the wicks were trimmed, at the place where you met with God. I've got, uh, I've got some lights out in the yard, those little Malibu kind of things. How many of you got some of those? Uh, do you ever have to change the bulbs on those things? Like every 48 hours or something like that? <laughs> yeah, you can go out there and do it. Uh, 
Well, let me just tell you that that's a lot less frequent than what these guys had to do every day. I mean, this was supposed to perpetually, for, gener- for the generations to come, every day these, these lamps are supposed to be kept burning, and they had to be tended. They had to be tended every day. Every day the oil had to be put in. Every day the, the, the wicks had to be trimmed. Now, it literally happened, but it's also, it's also metaphorical in that the oil is, uh, is the Holy Spirit. Okay, the, the oil represents the Holy Spirit, the anointing. Represents the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, guess who the wicks are? Okay, we're the wicks. But it's even more than that. I'm gonna, I'll get back to that, to the wick part here toward the end of the sermon. Uh, we are also the tent of meeting. We're also that, that, that temple where you come to meet with the Lord. Paul says over in 1 Corinthians 6.19... Do you not know that your body is a temple to the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? And so inside of us, the lamps are supposed to be tended. Inside of us, the light is always supposed to be burning. Inside of us, there's always supposed to be that that presence of the Lord that is practiced and is cultured and is is cultivated and is nurtured on on a daily basis. And I'm so glad we all do that. Actually, we don't do that. Frequently, we don't do that. And the main reason why we often don't do this is because we live in such a distracting culture. I mean, we really do. We got, we got cars, we got apps, we got sports, we got news, we have sales, people. Oh, my. Sports and apps and sales. Oh, my. You know, men and women aren't all that different. It's just their toys are different that they, you know, their interests, the things that they get get involved in. When we were in Zimbabwe, um, (laughs) you know, the culture's different. Every culture has its strengths and has its weaknesses. Yeah. And uh, there, you announce a service for 10 o'clock, and some people show up at 10 o'clock, but probably about 12.30, everybody finally gets there. Yeah. And the reason why is because, A, uh, half the people don't have a clock or a watch. Uh, B, most of them, almost 90% of the people don't have a car. The bus may or may not run on time. And if it does run on time, it may or may not make it to its destination. And, you know, a lot of people have to walk long distance just just to get there. And so, you know, that's their excuse. I don't know what ours is. You, You guys are so easy to preach to this morning. Will you keep this up for the next? If you keep this up for 30 minutes, I promise I'll stop. Actually, if I'm having too much fun, I might not. But But the thing is, you know, yeah, there was stuff that was hard to get there. I mean, materially, there were things that you couldn't get there or that would have shortages and things that you can always get here. And there weren't as many choices to to make there. I mean, you go in there, you had two brands of peanut butter to choose from, smooth and crunchy, and that was it. And here you got... 
Wow. But you know what? It was a lot easier to serve God there. It was a lot easier to focus on the Lord. It was a, it was a lot easier to, to find time to commune with Him. It really was. Than it is here. Uh, it's hard here. In fact, the, the, truth of the, the truth of the matter is, this is why you need to set aside intentionally regular daily a daily time a space that belongs to god i mean you may go well i, I think about god you know and i and I, pr I pray every day maybe you do maybe you don't i'm talking about a space you need it you need a time uh the staff here at the church the full-time staff uh barbie's the rookie i've only known her for about 20 years uh, everybody else I've known for at least 30 years, and, and most of them 35, some of them going on 40 years. And, uh, and we work together here at the church. And I try to schedule lunch with each one of them at least once a month. He said, well, why are you trying to do it? So I can talk to them. Well, you work together. You're in the same building. You've known each other. You talk all the time. No, we don't. Unless we intentionally go, this is when we're going to meet and get together, we can go months without talking to each other, really. I, I, I mean talking. Yeah, we say, hi, how's, how's it going? Did you see that? Blah, 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 blah. I mean talk. Same thing with God. And, and as a Christian, if, if, the, if the lamp's going to keep burning, if the oil's going to be refreshed, if, if the wick's going to stay trimmed, that's got to happen every day. That, that has to absolutely happen on a, on a daily basis. One of the most powerful songs that has ever been written is, a, is an old Keith Green song. And uh, he wrote a lot of powerful songs. In fact, you know, uh, you, you, most of you probably just want to stay away from Keith Green because you get burned, you get too close. But uh, the one that always I thought was the most powerful uh, simply goes, My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, my prayers are cold, and I know how. I ought to be alive to you and dead to me. What can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you and your spirit of love. Please wash me anew in the wine of your blood. How do you do that? How do you get that cleansing? How do you, how do you get that, that, that renewing? 
refreshing. We just read it. The Bible makes it very clear, but you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit daily, on a regular, ongoing basis. What does praying in the Holy Spirit mean? How do, how do you do that? Well, it's pretty much the same thing it meant last week. We'll approach it from this angle this week. One thing it means is, is tongues, praying in tongues. And let me just say, I know that not everybody here uh, speaks in tongues, prays in tongues. Not everybody here wants to. Hopefully you'll be more interested in it after uh, five or six minutes from now. But you, you may be, if you don't, you may go, well, how, how, do, you, how do you get that? How does that, you ask you just ask. It's a gift. The Bible says it's a gift. Holy Spirit has it, and he, he gives it. And if that desire begins to build up inside of you, you just go, God, I, I like that. I, I, I think that, yeah. He'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. It's, it's that simple. Now, when we think of tongues, at least in the culture that I grew up in, we tend to think of, of, of a public pronouncement, somebody getting up and speaking in in service and giving a message in tongues and interpretation or something would come forth or sometimes it wouldn't. Paul says this, though, over in 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, he's, he's writing basically a lot of that chapter is about tongues and how it's used in, in the Christian life. And he says this. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now think about that. First of all, one of the things that, I, that comes to my mind when I think about that is there obviously were people who were just getting up and speaking in tongues and going, wasn't that great? And, you know, and Paul's going, oh. and, and that tells me that weird doctrine didn't start in the 1970s. <laughs> Started a long time ago. And sometimes the most obvious things have to be said need to be said and Paul is very obviously saying something to them here <laughs> he's saying it really doesn't do any good to just get up and speak in tongues now he goes I'm not we're not going there today but he goes on to, to say you know if you're going to speak in tongues in the congregation there needs to be an interpretation you need to pray for the interpretation somebody needs to bring the interpretation or it doesn't really do any good but he's saying here yeah I'd rather speak five words in my own language than 10,000 words while we're all gathered together. And yet he also says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So when's he doing this tongue talking? In private. Yeah, in private. That's, that's his prayer. That's what's going on very frequently in, in his prayer time. Now let me, let me tie one other verse in with this here. Because... Uh, down later in the chapter, well, actually it was earlier in the chapter where he's talking about it. He says uh, in verses 14 and 15, he says, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what should I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. Um, 
sometimes people will say, okay, well, now if I, if I have the gift of tongues and I start praying in tongues, then I'm supposed to pray to interpret what I just said to God, right? In the congregation, you're supposed to pray to interpret. You know, when it's private, eh, if he wants to tell you what you're saying, he'll tell you what you're saying. If, if, if he doesn't, this is, this is stepping into another dimension, Stepping, stepping into a, a, another level of communicating with God. Now, don't get too hung up on this, you know, my mind is unfruitful. I grew up in a, in a, in a culture, and in fact, the, the church, the, the evangelical Pentecostal church, for sure, and a lot of the evangelical church hasn't gotten rid of this yet, where ignorance was considered next to godliness. It was considered one of the cardinal virtues, almost. And, and I, you know, that's kind of funny, but it's also true. And it's sad. It, it, it was kind of like, don't we don't need we don't need no books, you know we we don't we don't need that or we don't we don't need this. All we just need, you know, bring out the snakes. I, I'm, that was that was pretty much pretty much where it was coming from. And and to be very honest, it's fairly rampant in our our culture wide here uh, in in the nation. But uh, it's not that you don't. God gave you your mind, and, and, but here's the thing. We serve a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you can ask or think. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it has not entered into the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Yeah, I've, I've often thought of that verse as being, oh yeah, when we get to the other side, well, maybe at 3 o'clock this afternoon he's got something prepared for you that eye has not seen and ear has not heard and it hasn't entered into your mind yet. So sometimes there is a need to kind of step beyond what you know your little bitty 185 IQ can come up with. Okay, y'all, I'm losing you. Well, be sure you stay with me here. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So, Overthink. I, I play golf sometimes. And ha 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 ha. What's, what's funny about that? I've always played something, but you know, I, I'm at an age now where it's, golf's about it. And uh, I play golf sometimes. And when, when, we were, when we were in Zimbabwe, I took some lessons, actually. That's why I'm so good. <laughs> and uh and the first the first lesson i really just want to learn how to line up a shot which wasn't all that difficult and so I, I found that out but the guy decided since i had some more lessons he had messed with my swing and uh at first it was just working great i was going wow this is incredible wow this is wonderful and then he he wanted me to to to, to move my to hold to hold my head different so I started thinking about holding my head differently. And guess what happened to my shots? They just went, pew, pew, pew. You know, nothing went straight any, anymore. And I'm still dealing with that. I'm still trying to, trying to figure that out. But here's the thing, I mean, whether it's golf or really kind of any kind of sport, and, and really a, a, a really good musician, quite frankly, you hit a place where it's time to stop thinking. And if you continue to try and think, you can't move out and really do it. 
I mean, you, you hit that place. And then I, well, it happens in the spirit as well. There comes a time when it's time to just connect. It's time to just, okay, <laughs> you, you know, I, I, the burdens have been laid down. The, the world's kind of gotten shaken off. It's you and me, God. I mean, oh, that's such a sweet place. That's such a, that's such a good place to get. And, and when, it comes to, when it comes to those times, you know, every, the mind is just going to turn off for a while sometimes. Take, take a little break because it's, it's yelling at you about what you've got to do tomorrow. It's yelling at you about this bill that's coming due. It's yelling at you about what somebody said about you. And there just comes a time when the spirit just needs to turn around in the mind and say, cool it, quit, stop. Not interested in what you've got to say right now. We've got, we got something more important to do. Another way that it happens, it's not just tongues, uh, is inspiration. We talked about this last week. I, I, this week I, was, I had a, a family share with me about a, a breakthrough that they had had. Uh, there had been, well, well, the wife actually had been struggling with God over some things that had happened in, in her life. And, and uh, they went... They went out of town. They were at, I don't know where they were. They were at a park or something. And, and she got up this morning, that particular morning, and she just went, God, I, I got to see a rainbow today. And so they were at the park and stuff, and he was taking pictures and things. And, and at one point he, he went, oh, my, honey, turn around. You know, and there it was. You know, and it was just, it was like a breakthrough. It was like, well, God has heard me because that's exactly what happened. Now, you may go, okay, rainbow. Big, I see rainbows all the time. Uh, really, how often do you see them? See, see one every week? See one every month? You know, two or three a year, probably. Is that about right? Sound about right? So if you, if you got up and you went, you know, God, I need to see a rainbow today, what you're asking is 100 more, the odds against it are better than 100 to 1. It might not be a rainbow. It might be something else. And I'm not talking about, God, I want to see another trick. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about, oh, do that again. You know, kind of thing. I, I mean, that's, that's the flesh. I'm talking about something that comes up in your spirit and you find yourself saying it and then God comes through and does it. When that happens, and a lot of you are nodding your heads because it's happened to you. When that happens, hold on to that. That will, that, will innate, that will help you to build yourself up in this most holy faith. It will sustain you in, in seasons of, of dryness. And seasons of dryness will come. That's the nature of life. They will. And you hold on to the fact that God, I, that prayer came up. God did it that, on that day, at that point, at that time. I knew he was listening. I knew he cared. I knew he was there. Bam. I, that's mine. I got that from now on. That's why he gives it to you. That's why he gives it to you. So that's building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. One other way. There's probably other ways, but how about worship? We tend to separate. We tend to, to put a wall between prayer and and praise and worship. Sometimes praise and worship will combine them together. You know, but prayer is, is a different animal. It's, it's, it's another thing entirely. But there's really no such boundary. There isn't. 
Prayer isn't just intercession, and it's talking with God. If you, the Psalms, the Psalms are the songbook of the Bible, right? And they also happen to be the prayer book of the Bible because there's no difference. They're one and the same. And when we, when we come together, when we come together to worship, I mean, think about the words that you're using. Think about the things that you're, that you're saying when you're singing to the Lord. A, a lot of the songs that we do here. Here by the water, I'll build an altar to praise him out of the stones that I've found here. Now, this is, it's, that's kind of abstract, okay, granted, but it's, it's a metaphorical song. Most of you understand it. it. A stone is nothing in the world but a hard thing. So what this song is about is I'm going to take the hard things in my life and turn them into an altar for you, and you're going to make it all holy. What a prayer. What a prayer. When, when you get to a place like that. And so when we come together and we're worshiping and we're singing, understand that's one of the easiest places to release and just let the Holy Spirit take over. Begin, begin to, to flow. You might even find yourself, you know, it's moving something. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Okay, am I losing the back of the church? I didn't know. The, the, front, the front of the church is, is with me on this. Uh, yeah so uh and it's not even always about the words uh, you know I, I i mean we've got a few songs here we did a couple of days you know the la 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 songs and, and and things like that and i understand i also had a, a revelation today can i can i share this with you i didn't share it in the first service and so you'll have to tell all the people who were in the first service. But I, have a, I had a revelation today. You know, we do a lot of songs where you tend to say the same thing all over and over and over and over and over again. You know, I'm going to climb this mountain with my hands wide open. Open wide? Which is it? Wide I'm going to climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I'm going to climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I'm going to climb this mountain with my hands wide open. I'm going to climb this mountain with my hands wide open. And, 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 I, and I was thinking about the culture thing. You know, I think that one of the reasons why repetition has become so embedded into the worship life of the church here in our culture is because we live in a culture where there are so many distractions that it's about the eighth or ninth time before you understand, I'm going to climb this mountain with my hands wide open. It, it, it takes a while for us to begin to understand just what it is that we're saying. So, la, 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 that means something too. Back in the first century, the, the, the early church, at, at times, would, they would sing without words necessarily. It would just become, ah, it's called jubilate, to jubilate jubilation and it's that place where you kind of go i done run out of words here but i've not run out of worship so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going with what with what i got and it's okay to do that and so when you get into the la 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 just understand it's time to cut loose that's all that means i, I love that you know my favorite line in that in that song here by the water in fact it's one of my favorite lines in all of worship music is uh Soft field of clover, moon shining over the valley, uh, joining the song of the river. Uh, huh? 
to the great giver of the great good. As it enfolds me, somehow it holds me together and I just want to go, then I realize I've been singing. What a great line. Wow. What that basically means is the CD quit eight minutes ago and I thought it was the angels. But it's me. It's actually coming out of me. Wow. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Spirit, in the, ho- in the Holy Spirit. Letting, letting Him do it. Psalm 42. It's a psalm a lot of you are familiar with. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When was the last time you could really say that? For a lot of you, it was this week. Maybe even this morning, but for many, it you probably aren't even really sure when the last time was. It's just been so long since that, since that lamp got tended. It's been so long since there was any oil put in that lamp, since, there was, since that wick got trimmed. It's been a long time. I, I mean, you know, you got sales to go to. You got ball games to attend. You got television to watch and new movies coming out. And who has time to pant after God? Thirst for him. It's in this same psalm where later on he he goes on to say, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. You know, I'm not talking about going around all the time being super Christian. That's really... To be honest, I, 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 I'm usually a little suspicious of that when I see it. I, 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 that's just, I'm just being honest. That's, that's who I am. Because, I mean, I've tried that, and I'm not very good at it. And maybe they're just better than I am. But I'm talking about seasons, times, cultivated times. We're just going, man, I know I need this, and I've got to do it. Deep calls to deep, that's... That, that's metaphorical as well. That's where that something that's way inside connects with something that's way outside. And it's completely invisible, but it's totally tangible. And it's real. And it starts with panting after God. Thirsting after Him. Over in Isaiah, I'm going to close with this passage here. Chapter 42 talks about the servant of the Lord. And it's primarily about Jesus, but it's really about any servant of the Lord. But obviously he's the the archetype, the prototype. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one, and whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed... He will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. 
and faithfulness. He will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on the earth. You know, when I said, how long has it been since you really hungered for God? We're the wick as well. And a lot of times we're smoldering. And, you know, we don't really have these kind of lamps much anymore, but you, you, everybody, you, know, you, know what a, you know what a wick is. Like probably in a candle is what you're familiar with. But you ever blow one of those things out and then kind of stand over it for a little while and smell the aroma of burning wick coming up and stinging your eyes and making you gag? <laughs> and you know what? As Christians, a lot of us find ourselves at times in places where we're, just, we're nothing but a smolder. We used to be on fire, but we're just on smoke now. And the Scripture says that when the Savior comes along, when God encounters us in that condition, He doesn't go... Ah, ooh, what happened to you? <laughs> no. No. He, he goes, there's smoke, there's got to be something still going on in there. There's got to be an ember in there somewhere. So let's just trim this thing a little bit and... Let's blow on this thing a little bit. See if we can't get some fire going here. When I was, uh, when we were singing uh, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Boy, I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love where my heart becomes clean and my shame is undone. How long has it been since you felt clean? How long has it been since the shame in your life just, just couldn't, had no grip on you whatsoever? It feels good. It feels good to be clean. It feels good to be free from any shame whatsoever. It really does. And, and the only way you get that isn't by being a good boy. Because no matter how good a boy you are, or how good a girl you are, hey... There was still always last week. And the enemy can always bring that along and, and load that on you. Let us become more aware of His presence. Let us experience the glory of His goodness. That's what it means to pray in the Spirit. It means to become aware of His presence. The place where we meet with Him, where the light's continually burning. The glory of His goodness is that we become clean. The glory of His goodness is that no shame can hold on to us. That's how you build yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me? Mm. Mm. 
I know there are people here who, who, uh, who need prayer. And uh, those who are going to pray with folks, if you'd come, because I want to invite you to come. But you know what? Oftentimes, what we need is not an answer. Oftentimes, what we need is just a, a revelation of who he is. Job didn't need an answer. That wasn't the solution to his situation. He needed a revelation of who God was. That was the solution. And that happens when we encounter his presence. Uh, if you need prayer for something, come and pray with these people. If you'd just like to encounter God, let me just tell you, it's thicker down here than it is on the back wall. Nothing against people sitting in the back. I'm just telling you, it's thicker down here. If you would like to, to come, come. Uh, you don't have to come to pray with anybody. You can just come kneel. You can come do whatever. And we're going we're gonna to worship. You, you, certainly, you meet him where you are. I ended a, a, a couple minutes early today. Let's spend them well. Let's spend them encountering him. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come find this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what hearts long for. To be Come this place and fill the atmosphere. 
about intentional time with the Lord. If you will give him 15 undivided minutes every day, it'll change things. If when you're riding home from work and you decide, I'm not going to listen to the radio, I'm not going to read the billboards, I'm not going to think about what's on TV tonight, I think I'll just pray in the Spirit. Tell you, when you get home, your wife will look prettier, your kids will behave better, your dog will be nice, your, your yard will look good. I mean, you know, and 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 and, and your wife will look at you and go, Whoa, who are you? <laughs> I'm I'm serious. It's this is a life-changing thing. This is it's not my idea, it's the Bible's. Raise your hand give you a blessing may the God and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world to redeem us who sent his spirit into the world to conform us to the likeness of his son may his spirit be at work in you may deep call out to deep from within you to heaven's throne this coming week may you encounter his presence experience cleansing Experience release from shame. Experience the beauty of His glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.